We were just discussing. Have you done any preparation for this show? Fuck yeah. Thank God one of us has. Shut the fuck up, Jack. God Sorry. damn, not this shit again. <laughs> For the first time. I thought I would try it this time round. All right, you do it. You sure? Yes. This is this is Christmas when the, when the when the servant should count out when the master should count out to the servant. Get on with it. All right then. Hello and Hello welcome. And welcome. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Christmas jeeps. Tell you what, Simon, take it away. No, it's your turn. You sure? Yep. All right. <clears throat> Hello and We're welcome to World One Stage One. I'm Jack. <laughs> See, now I... you can say that I didn't fuck it up. No, you did. You, sp- you spoke at the same time as me. You didn't speak. Yeah, I did. Oh, I spoke over you. Yeah, you did. For I am loud and majestic. <laughs> Do you want to try again? <laughs> you know what? Just You just go ahead. I'm going to go grab myself an alcoholic. I now. promise I will not fuck you up Do this what? time. Do you know what? I don't care anymore because there is a Robo 2 pack in the chat room. <laughs> All right. And I'm cool with this. And one, and a two. Hello, and welcome to World One Stage One. I'm Jack. I'm Simon. And I'm Irish. And we're backwards. Are we? Well, we did that out of sync. Out of sync, out of order. That's the one. Mmm. But I'm sure they'll be able to, to tell that. Anyway, we're doing an episode. We are. We're back again. We are. We're back again. 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 Because After our brief foray into... Sorry? Because the year is ending. It is. It, it, we are nearly at the end of 2013, which is scaring the crap out of me, because I thought we were coming to the end of 2012. <laughs> and then apparently a whole year passed me by without me realising. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. And not just the end of a year, the end of an entire generation of console gaming. <gasps> yep. The end of an era, if you will. But before we get into that, I didn't go to the cinema this week, but I know someone did. Yeah, I did. Did you? Yes, I went today. Oh, you went to the cinema today? Yes. Oh. So, moving on. Ah. What did you go and see? Uh, I went and saw Frozen. Ah, is it any good? It's, yeah, it's particularly good. You know, Disney, Disney Fair. Um, a bit more singing than it has been in the past, actually. Lots and lots of singing in it. Yeah. The mascot character is not as annoying as I thought he was going to be. Is this the, the snowman thing? Yeah, he was uh. actually... He actually had moments where I was like, ha, I generally laughed at that. That was quite funny. Yeah. See, when you said we went to see Frozen, I was just like, wait, wait, wait. Samuel L. Jackson in The Incredibles got his own spin-off movie? <laughs> um, and I was like, man. Frozone. That, that would be too awesome. <laughs> Although that, that does deserve to happen. Yeah. I would watch well, that. They did have a um, short at the start of the movie, which starts off in an old-timey black-and-white Mickey Mouse cartoon. <laughs> and then it um, they... And then turns into body horror. <laughs> well, then he gets he basically gets pushed through the screen, and he becomes three um, D CGI animated something. And it affects and basically it's like them busting through the cinema screen, and it's like, huh, this was actually quite good. Hmm. Not as good as Paper Man from the year before, but yeah. You know, I didn't go to the cinema 
this this last two weeks. Do you know where I did go for my culture, though? Yes. I went to the Estonian National Opera House. <laughs> and what did you see there? I saw the Nutcracker from the by the uh, the Estonian National Ballet Company. Was it good? It was really good. It was terrifyingly good. Like, damn. There were, like, leg muscles bulging out of every which way. Yeah, ballet dancers are built. Yeah, it was terrifying. And the, the set designs and the fact that the set kept shifting around and it grew and this Christmas tree got big as shit. It was awesome. That um, sounds pretty cool, actually. Yeah, so so I'm sorry I wasn't around last week for, for stuff. I know that, like, the, the, the schedule got a bit messed up because we did that Let's Play two weeks ago rather than an episode. Yes. <clears throat> and then I went away to Eastern Europe. Um, which <laughs> I could go into reams and reams and reams about what I did over there, but that would take up an entire episode. So mostly, say, from the look of things, ate meat, drank oh, yeah. drink, and posed in in sort of alleyways. Yeah, and and went to a pirate-themed restaurant. Yeah, that sounded awesome. And yeah, the cutlass this. meat does look good. And I ordered... You know what the best part about that was? It came... The side for that was jambalaya. <laughs> and and it came wrapped in well, it came like in a in a like a in a tortilla wrap right mm-hmm. but they gr- like a like a panini grilled it with their own little personal little personalized little thing so that it had been burnt with the uh, with a treasure map that's really cool so the wrap was a treasure map it was a treasure wrap <laughs> um, I also whilst I was there had a sixteen euro cocktail. It was more of a full of show, though, wasn't it? So. Yeah, you, you know you've got something good when you buy... You, you see a, a cocktail on the menu that's 16 euros and doesn't have any ingredients listed. Uh, I would be just, frankly, terrified. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I asked them for it just because I figured, well, we're on holiday. And the guy looked at me and went, it takes about uh, 10, 15 minutes to get ready, but 10, 15 minutes to prepare. And I was like, okie dokie. Wariness intensifies. Yeah, and he went away. And then he came back with a candlestick with three candles on it and lit them on the table. And then he went away again. And then about ten minutes later, there was this trundling noise as a man in the hooded robes of death came by with a trolley <laughs> covered in bottles of elixirs that were all smoking and steaming and dry ice everywhere. And, like, yeah, made me a cocktail that involves setting stuff on fire and throwing gunpowder into a glass so that it popped. I'm going to have to have a word with the guy at work who does our cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> I unfortunately don't know any of what went in there. Um, no, I just want to persuade him to wear hooded robes and uh, <laughs> use more dry ice. Absolutely, right? So yeah, that was that was fantastic. I also had a, a meal in a, in a restaurant on the balcony overlooking the hall where we got the perfect sight of two, uh, two waiters having a sword fight. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Was that part of the show or did they just I, take I hope exception so. to each other? I hope so. I hope it was part of the show. Um, oh, no, no, no. Generally, what happened? Was it from the show? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's where I've been. Um, that's where I've been. I've been in the Baltics and at a seaplane museum as well. But they let you back. Yeah, they let me back in the country. I, d- I didn't think they were for a little while, but no, they let me back in. And you went somewhere and it wasn't closed. I know, right? We landed. It was snowing. We still, like, the plane was fine. We got a taxi, went to the hotel, fine. When we left, heavy snow. Taxi got to the airport, absolutely fine. Plane left on time, absolutely fine. Really weird. Granted, all the trains back from Gatwick to Cheltenham were, like, delayed or cancelled or had to go via Red Hill. So we didn't end up getting back till, like, 10 at night. So you came back to England and found we were closed? Pretty much, yeah. I I came back and found (laughs) that somehow, like, the British transport system had become awful. Oh, wait. 
Yeah, that didn't happen while you were away. Yeah, I just realised that. No, yeah, they just cancelled the Gatwick to Reading line. They do that sometimes. Yeah, I thought that would be kind of annoying because there are people in Reading, <laughs> and I'm sure some of them want to go on holiday if just to get out of Reading. Who could blame them? That's that's not an aspersion to cast on anyone who lives in in Reading. No, but it is an aspersion to cast on Reading. Yeah, fair enough. So, what have you been doing over the last two weeks, Simon? Nothing as exciting. Oh. I've not gone on holiday and I've not really gone to the cinema either. That's a shame. I, I, I have been, you know, finalizing the lifelong indenturement of myself to a bank for ridiculous sums of money in order to buy property in London. Did you allow yourself to have a death grip? No. No? No. But I have basically set in motion uh, the plans to own a part of World One Stage One headquarters. Uh, within the first quarter of next year. Fantastic. Which will be based out of East London. We're going to have offices, by which I mean you're going to have rooms that have things in. And a, and a balcony on which to Denny Crane. Oh, good Lord. Excellent. It, it okay. is how I'm going to see the place in with a fine bourbon and a cigar on the balcony. We need an official World 1 Stage 1 like housewarming thing. We do indeed. In fact, I just generally will need a housewarming, to which you will, of course, be invited. Fantastic. You are also invited to our housewarming whenever we have it. Um, <laughs> well, if it can be within sort of two weeks around Christmas, that'll be great, because I'll be in town. It'll probably be just after Christmas, but before New Year's. That I think, should work. I think ours is going to be our New Year's party, so... That should that, also that work. So, yes. so, yeah. Will, will Evie be allowed to come? What, to... Uh, to World One uh, Stage One headquarters. Mm. Yes, I think so. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it would be rather cruel to say no. Well, I think I think Mama would be a bit angry because by saying no, I'd essentially be saying one of you can't come. Yeah, I don't yeah, care okay. which one, but one of you has to stay behind. <laughs> I was going to say they kind of joined at the hip, and then I was like, oh wait, hang on. Ugh. And also, when we're in person, I, I started to think actually, although a World One Stage One against humanity, as suggested in the car, uh, at the yeah, card room, chat room, that's awesome. Sounds fun. We should do a let's play of Cards Against Humanity. That, I, I think we lo would lose a whole lot of subscribers and fans very quickly if we played Cards Against Humanity. Why? I think it's exactly up the street of our listeners. <laughs> and, uh, I think I think these guys have made a winner here. When a mummy bumper and a daddy bumper come together, they make blank. Steam! Um, <laughs> ah, Steam. How you have completely ruined my tax rebate. And the Christmas sale hasn't started yet. No, but the, 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 the winter sale did. The, the sort of Thanksgiving Black Friday one. Yes. That came in as soon as my, uh, my uh, tax rebate hit. I noticed. Yeah, so just like, <laughs> bam! I got you a present. I got you an early Christmas present, Simon. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. I gave you the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> well, sort of. It's a bit like giving me herpes. <laughs> you gave me Final Fantasy VII. I did. Yeah, I did. gave you Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> um, you know what, though? As soon as I gave you Final Fantasy VII, do you know what came available on Steam? Final oh. Fantasy VIII. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> And the Christmas sale hasn't happened yet. I know, right? So guess what you might be getting for Christmas? <laughs> Angrier. Because think about it. Final Fantasy VIII. You know how much you love Final Fantasy VII, right? Yeah. Now think gun swords. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no, not that. Oh. Um, 
Lex just asked, what's the SoundCloud numbers? Oh, did you go and have a look? Yeah. 132,898. That's gone up by 100 since I checked half an hour ago. (laughs) For fuck's sake, man. It's amazing. Yeah, it's terrifying. There are people out there listening to our opinions, and they totally shouldn't. (laughs) Yeah, these people are are strange and delusional, but not as strange and delusional as you lot in the chat room, but we love you dearly. Who are actually, you know, joining us live and unedited. (laughs) We're still above Atomic Trivia War 9000. Hmm? We still have more uh, followers than Atomic Trivia War 9000. That is still so wrong to me. Guys, go and listen to Atomic Trivia War 9000. They're better than us. Absolutely, in every way. We we still have more than Nerd Hurdles. Well, that's understandable. They're Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit! What the hell hell did that come from? Like, I get get the hate we give to, like, Reading and shit like that, but Canada... (laughs) No, I love Canada dearly, as you know. That's true. They they give me hockey and poutine. But not at the same time. Although... No, absolutely at the same time. I have watched hockey whilst eating poutine. Oh, okay, but you haven't played hockey whilst eating poutine. No, not yet. Okay. That's how you lose your teeth, man. <laughs> give me that fucking gravy. There's only one place in Cheltenham that does poutine. There's a place in Cheltenham that does poutine? Yeah, Revolution. The vodka bar. Does it? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, they do poutine. They, they do it with, if you ask them nicely, they do it with um, with shredded steak and, and you can have katsu curry sauce as a side. This is interesting to me. I know, right? There's a place here in Covent Garden that does it really well. It's a Canadian national bar. Uh, wow. They serve Canadian beers, they play ice hockey on the TV, and they do proper poutine. So I'm going there the next time I pop down. Fuck yes. Hell's yeah. We're going there. Yes, we are. <laughs> me and Jen will be down in January, so. Awesome. Everyone to Canada, by which I mean a bar in Covent Garden. Hooray! It's easier to get to than the real Canada. It's a lot smaller as well, so you're less likely to get lost. That is true. Apparently, Jenna wants to go to the Mexican place. Oaxaca? Oh, yeah. That's a good call. That's a good place. If you didn't go last time, because... Although, right, actually, yes. Last time I went to a Oaxaca, uh, this was the Oaxaca in Angel. This story needs to be told, because it's amazing. Uh, We were actually there for breakfast. You went to a Mexican right. restaurant for breakfast? Yes, because they do excellent breakfasts. Cool. Breakfast burrito. Yes, uh, and <clears throat> on the menu was a breakfast torta, which was a torta with, I can't remember what's in there, chorizo, uh, rice, obviously, some some veg. Egg? No. Uh-huh. No, there's no egg in the torta. This is the crux of the story, in fact. Because uh-huh. <laughs> the, the next menu item was titled The Wrestler, and it was, its description was the breakfast torta served with an egg on top. Right. And the torta came in a number of varieties, uh, including chorizo, as Zoe in the chat room has just reminded me. Thank you, love. Uh, um, and so I said, could I have the wrestler with chorizo? And I'll remind you the description of the wrestler was the breakfast torta served with a fried egg on top, and I given which torta I wanted. I was brought a plate with a fried egg sitting in the middle of it. Right. And a small bowl with a side order of chorizo. (laughs) Right. I sat there for a little while as they brought out other bits and pieces, because this is a restaurant where, you know, we'll bring it as it's ready. Yeah. But eventually I got the feeling they weren't coming back. (laughs) So I sort of summoned the waiter as he passed and said, excuse me, is the rest of this coming? And he said, no, that's what you ordered. (laughs) And there was a brief pause as I looked at him, waiting for him to go, ah, just kidding. I went, no, 
<laughs> it's not. He said, yes, uh, on the menu, this is, it's an egg. I was like, could you bring me the menu? And I saw him walk away. I saw him pick up the menu. I saw him read it. I saw his face collapse, and I saw him go and hide in the back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, poor fella. Eventually, he did come back, and I pointed out where it said, breakfast torta with an egg, not <laughs> just it, an egg. Just an egg. <laughs> I did eventually get my food, but I, I did have to sit there with an egg. <laughs> he didn't take it away and bring me a fresh egg. He just left me with an egg on a plate in front of me and then brought me a separate plate with my torta, wow. forcing me to move the egg myself from one plate to the other. God damn it. It, it was fairly ridiculous. You should have got two eggs. I should have. Actually, I did get extra chorizo because they brought me the chorizo torta and I still had the side order of chorizo and they didn't charge me. More meat is good. More meat is good meat. Especially free meat. Anyway. I'm really worried. Our Christmas tree keeps emitting a cracking noise. <laughs> that's not good. I know. Just Every now and again, it's just a... That's, that's lights dying and stuff. I, I don't think so, because it's very, very, very regular. It's like every hour. So, at some point during this show, your Christmas tree will catch fire. Or I will catch fire. And or the you will catch will fire. To put me out. That would be amazing. I know, right? It's like the true meaning of Christmas or something. Yeah, anyway, was... speaking of Christmas... <laughs> it's Christmas! Yes, it is. I will, well, no, it's not. I'll beat you to death with a candy cane. Like, basically, by the time this episode comes out, it'll basically be Christmas, right? No. Uh, Christmas will be like a whole week. week after. It'll be a week after Christmas when this episode comes no, out. No, Christmas will be a week after this episode. Oh, okay, happy Christmas for next week! Oh, God. Unless you're listening to this on Christmas, in which case, Merry Christmas! Or if you're listening to us live, as Zoe pointed out, it's December 10th. Now I will December to candy cane. Oh my god, I have candy canes. I'm going to be right back. <laughs> it sounds oh, like he's getting fed up and he wants to come and punch me, but he's nowhere near me. He's nearer to you than I am, for which you That's just count yourself lucky. <laughs> uh, but I am coming back. Okay. I, I will be within punching distance of you within the month. Hey, tomorrow is 11, 12, 13. Unless you're American. Unless you're American, in which case it's 12, 11, 13, and you're wrong. Oh, God, it's December 10th. I've just realized the significance. Oh, did you not realize that? No, I've forgotten, because I haven't that's, been on Tumblr all day. That's why I mentioned whacking someone with a giant candy cane. Yes, it's only just clicked for me. Yep. Have you seen this, the trailer for season five of Community? I have not, no. I have. Oh? It's rather magnificent. I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I don't want to spoil the trailer. That's a weird statement. But they, they have they have dealt with the issue that Jeff graduated. Okay. In in the only sort of community-ish way that they could. Fair enough. It's it's perfect. It's one of it oh, it's one of those things. They've done it, and it's such a TV thing to have done, they have had Arbed comment on it within doing it. Aha. Uh -huh. In that way that he does. Yeah. Which makes it work. Anyway, go and watch the trailer for Community Season 5, which looks good because Dan Harmon is back. I will do, but not right now, because right now we're doing an episode. We are, that's true. And yes, uh, as has been pointed out in the chat room, um, Troy won't be in it much. Oh. Uh, and Pierce won't be in it at all. Due to commitments? No, due to not wanting to work with Dan Harmon. Oh, fair enough. But I mean, what about on in, in uh, Donald Glover's case? Oh, in Donald Glover's case, yes, it's because he got very busy. Yeah. He got very busy when he when Dunn Harmon wasn't running the show. 
Yeah. And then Dan Harmon came back and he went, but I'm really busy now. <laughs> Damn it. I had to go and be Childish Gambino and release awesome records. In very, very awesome records. So, bit of a, uh, 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 not even a segue. But wait, hang on. Let's see if I can segue this. Hang on a minute. You know what happens after they shoot a bunch of um, TV shows? Wait, I thought uh, you were going to say badges. Well, yeah, them too. No, not them. Um, when you when you've shot an episode of something, yeah, right. What's the production called after you've done something? Post production. Post. Cool. Did we get any listener? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Did we? I don't know. Did we? I've not seen any. I thought this was your your way of leading us into. Yes, we did. They sent us ask on the Tumblr. No, they didn't send us ask on the Tumblr. Actually, did they send us ask on the Tumblr? <laughs> I haven't seen. I haven't seen any ask on the Tumblr for a very long time. Um, no, we have no asks on the Tumblr that I've seen. Although, if some people have sent them and they've sort of like gotten lost in the ether, I do apologise. Hello, Kim. Hello. Um, but I believe you sent me a Facebook thingy with a message that someone sent that I didn't get to see. That is true. Yes, um, which I was hoping would create an answer for Twitter, but we can answer it now. Oh, is it on Twitter? Oh, bollocks. Well, we can we can we can tweet it afterwards. Also, you sent me mail from Estonia. You you sent the show mail from Estonia. I did, didn't I? You did. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> I was a little bit tipsy at that point. <laughs> it's amazing that they let me into that museum and try on part of a Soviet uniform. Yes. Um, suddenly, I'm reminded of Skippy's list, specifically the part about turning up messily drunk in part of a Russian uniform. Yeah. Um, do you want to explain this to the lovely people? No. No, <laughs> you don't. Oh, well, I might include a link to Skippy's list and the photograph in uh, the show notes. All right, cool. Um, suffice to say, whilst I was in Estonia, I did get in contact with the guys once, with with no with no lead up, nothing, just a photo and a and a, and a greeting. <laughs> yep, that's the thing that happened. We've also had a comment uh, from Mike, but it's an MP3 file, so I can't read it to you. You can read MP3s, right? No. Oh. Which mic? Irish mic? No. I'm going to say no. It's from a ham toasty. What? You're making oh, it sense. It's it is Irish mic. Yes, Irish mic. Sorry, okay. he's changed his <laughs> picture on Google and his email address. But yes, it is Irish mic. From a ham to a ham toasty. That's no, from ham toasty. He is a ham toasty. But yes, there was also uh, the question of being asked, uh, are there any good horror games on, on Steam that one might not have heard of? Yes. And, and I, I bounced this one over to you because I was yes. like, short of our Halloween episode, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, basically, the question, the thing with that is like, there's a whole bunch of horror games on Steam, but the, the, it's the second part of that question that's the real problem is that I haven't heard of. Um, nice. Like, are there some really obscure horror games on Steam? Um, blah. Uh, there are some definite horror games on there, uh, but they are all things that people will have heard of, for example. Uh, Cry of Fear, Amnesia, um, and so on. Uh, Limbo as well was was pretty friggin' huge amongst the indie crowd. Um, if you do again, though, if you do get a chance to play Limbo, go out and play it. Especially if you like spiders. We need to, we need to get Mike to play Limbo. I just realised. <laughs> um, sort of less no, lesser known games. Um, Call of Cthulhu: Dark Corners of the Earth. <laughs> it is probably you know the best horror game out there. Um, and is not really like that well known comparatively to other things like Amnesia and so on, which it's sort of the the spiritual ancestor of, really, isn't it? With the with the 
first person sanity whatnot. Talk to me, guys. I don't know. <laughs> you play Call of Cthulhu Dark Corners of the Earth. <laughs> but not Amnesia. Oh, okay. Play I'm Amnesia. Not I'm not playing Amnesia. Um, but I think probably the best, the, the, one of the best horror games I've played, the, one of the most atmospheric horror games I've played on Steam, um, was actually a suggestion from another, uh, from a fellow host of World One Stage One. Me? Uh, yeah, yeah. You uh, suggested I play a game called Home. Oh, God, yes, Home. And Home is like the perfect game for me. Do you know why? No, why? Because it doesn't have a, a set ending. The ending is you get taken. Well, well, actually, you know what? Why would I, why would I, why would I tell you the ending? That's stupid. <laughs> needless to say, needless to say, play that game. It's like eighty p, I think. Um, Finding it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I've done a search for home, uh, <laughs> and it doesn't turn up. Oh. The first the first search result for the word home is go home dinosaurs. Yeah. Uh, um, by Virtual Villagers, a new home. And gone home. Followed Boom, by gone there home. It is. Ah, it's there one, it is, yeah. It's one ninety nine. Um it is an absolutely Oddly the sixth result for the search home. Yeah, it is an absolutely fantastic horror game. Like mm. horror in the, the, the true atmospheric sense rather than, you know, things jumping out at you and um and that sort of thing. There's this definite creeping dread. And as the game, it's it's really really good at telling stories, and it allows you to make your own mind up about a whole bunch of things, depending on what stuff you collect. And yeah, so you know you might not find certain storylines within the storyline. That sounds interesting. It's oh, it's very good. It's all you know, very I mean, like I said for one ninety nine, you'll complete it in what maybe two hours. Mm. So you know, a pound for an hour of gameplay, but you can go back and replay and and try and get different endings and try and find more things that you didn't find and let the story unravel it in a different way mm. um and make, basically it's it's like um it's like collecting evidence in a puzzle game and trying to come up with your own, <coughs> Excuse me. um idea of what happened mm. um, it's, and it's it's very good it's very very good i can't remember if fletch asked me about it or i asked fletch about it yeah i came about it via fletch in some way and i was like hmm. yes there's certainly something that jack would be interested in oh yeah and it definitely was so, so yeah, when you I, I, I would probably say for, for obscure horror games, go with home. Hmm. There's also a game that caught my eye because it's been on the carousel recently, Master Reboot, which is a sci-fi horror. Oh, I've not seen that Which is not a combination you see frequently, and it looks very interesting from the trailer. Very stylized. Hmm. Yeah. It's not done well in the Metascore thingy, so I'll say that. No, but... but it, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. my imagination. Yeah. That doesn't oh, necessarily mean anything either. Absolutely, it looks very odd. Oh, that looks trippy. Oh, I'm picking <laughs> this up in the Christmas sale. Without a doubt. Awesome. Does um, anyone in the chat room have questions for us before we get started on what is essentially going to be ill-informed lists for the rest of the show? And and while while we're waiting for them to get that bit of the message, I will say there is also another, like, it's listed as a horror game. Uh, Mike, I noticed Mike had it on his um, wish list, and it's now on my wish list, because um, I think it's gone off of sale. Um, which is Sir You Are Being Hunted. Oh, very good game. Yeah? yeah? Yes, I don't own it, but I have played it. I played it at Eurogamer. Oh, cool, okay. It's so, fascinating. It looks fantastic. It it's looks like such a ridiculous. good idea. Ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> um, I will say this. The developers had the most sartorial elegance at Eurogamer. Right. They did uh, Big Robot, um, 
loosely affiliated with uh, rock, paper, shotgun. Uh, they, they turned up in English gentlemen's tweed suits and caps, <laughs> uh, which suits the game perfectly. The game is interesting. It is set across a series of five procedurally generated islands, each of which has a slightly different feel. One is sort of Moorsland. One is an industrial village. One is a, a country village. Um, so they have that sort of all kind of um, Victoriana feeling, but each has its own flavor. And they are patrolled by increasingly complex Victorian gentlemen robots, <laughs> uh, who at first are simply patrolling on foot, but will shortly be joined by their hunting dogs, who are robo-dogs, <laughs> uh, and eventually be hunting you on their robo-horses. <laughs> Who, when you are very close to the end of the game, become flying robo horses? <laughs> Fucking hell! Also, I've just looked at the, the key features on Steam. No, <clears throat> first-person stealth and survival, procedurally generated British landscape, three biomes to explore: rural, mountainous, and fenland. Infinite replayability in a sandbox world. Powerful, brutal AI that becomes tougher as you play. Tea and biscuits. Foliage-based <laughs> stealth system. Scavenge to survive. Play as Sir or Madam, and relentless Britishness. <laughs> also, Will o' the Wisps. Oh. Which oh. will lead you to something. They may lead you to aid, they may lead you to a pit trap. They may lead you to a robot who's going to hunt you. They may. But I was marvellous watching people play the demo and the developers interact, because on every other stand, the, um, the devs were just somewhat, not retiring, but they were game developers. They would talk very enthusiastically on their game when engaged, but uh, they very much waited for you to come to them. The big yeah. robot gents, though, were marvellous. They would sort of come up to you as you were playing, tap you on the shoulder and go, I say, you appear to be bleeding. I do hope you have a bandage. Uh, and just comment on how badly it was going for you. Huh. They were part of the experience. <laughs> Um, also, yeah, there's, there's an ask in the thing. Did we see the Charlie Brooker um, video game moments that defined the world? I haven't yet. Have you not? No, it's really frustrating because uh, people keep telling me I should and giving me thoroughly compelling reasons why I should. It's very interesting. I, 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 um, I caught the tail end of it in the hotel uh, before we went to Estonia. Um, I think cause we, it was just after we watched uh, Strictly Come Dancing. Um, and yeah. <laughs> Was that funny, Jack? That was hilarious. <laughs> what? Do you watch Instructor Come Dancing? I don't understand why that's funny. Because the target demographic is not you. <laughs> like we give a shit about the target demographic <laughs> of things. Anywho, the point is I watched it in the hotel. And it was very, very interesting and fuck you. <laughs> Ah, we're amazing. Agreed. So speaking of, like, top games in a list format <laughs> in December. Yes. I can't see where you're going with this. Oh, shit, because that's kind of what I was banking on, really. <laughs> uh, it's the end of the year. Let's talk about games of the year. Yeah, all right. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> now... I did a whole bunch of research for this. I but did you know, 
do you know why I did a whole bunch of research for this? Because you knew we wouldn't? No, because I panicked when I realized that of the video, like the, the broad term of video games that were released this year, mm-hmm. do you know how many I've played? <laughs> One. <laughs> I, played, I overestimated you by 100%. I have played <laughs> one game that was released in 2013, and therefore I have to say that my game of the year is Poker Nights at the Inventory 2. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive. Yep, I have literally bought and played... Well, I bought a whole bunch of games, but they were released, you know, long, long ago. Um, okay. But released in 2013, I have... I didn't even buy Poker Night 2. I think it was, it was a present from Irish, wasn't hey, it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the only game released this year that I have played. Well, right, that I have played properly. Like, I have delved into other games as well. So they're on the list because they've, like, they've really impressed me in a short amount of time, which, let's face it, is probably a really good thing for a video game to do. Um, they may not necessarily have staying power. I don't know that. I'll have to look into them when money becomes more available to me. Um, but for now, they will be on my list. Um but I want to hear what you guys were thinking about, because you probably have played more games that were released this year. That is true, but I've had no time to prepare a list. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> I've been at work. Yeah. Well, then, um, what I about you, Irish? I have played a bunch of the games that came out this year, so you know, I can actually say what I have and have not played. I'm sort of looking through the list of releases this year, and I'm, I'm looking for the ones I've played. And so far, I'm up to Aliens Colonial Marines. And then you got really <laughs> sad. Well, that's not going to be my game of the year. Let me put it no. that way. <laughs> we we should have a we should have a dishonorable mentions list. Uh, yeah, and it's that. Oh, Wait, Tomb Raider. List. Tomb Raider uh, is the first shortlisted game on my list. Excellent. Funnily enough, um, I was looking actually at a list of uh, top games th- uh, for this year. I was actually looking at the NerdCube's list of uh, top five worst games of 2013, and Tomb Raider was on there. I disagree strongly. But exactly, and this is the thing of saying there will be people that completely disagree with me, and, you know, that's fair enough. Mm. Um, yeah. His reasons for it were, like, entirely personal based on such and such a thing. He was, like, looking for something different in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was really interesting. I was like, I know for a fact that's going to be on Simon's top list. <laughs> so it's just really, really interesting that, like... Two people whose opinions I, I very much, you know, uh, hold in high regard, sort of taking two very, very different um, views on a game. Fair enough. It was a big departure from the original concept. Exactly. Well, the original released concept of Tomb yeah. Raider, but for me, it was closer to the original concept. Yeah, fair enough. And there you go. This clearly means 2013 has done something interesting with video games. It can <laughs> definitely split opinions. Hotline Miami is also on my list. I've, not, I've, I've got it, but I haven't played it yet. And- in January alone, I've played one, two, three, four of the games that were released that month. Huh. And they were um, <clears throat> DMC, uh, The Cave, uh, Nino Kuni, Raffa the White Witch, and uh-huh. Skulls of the Shogun. So, Out of January, the only one I played is uh, Antichamber. Huh. I can't believe I missed Retro City Rampage coming out on Xbox Live though in January. So, do you have like a, a top list, Jack? Um, I haven't compiled a top list. I probably make one. Okay. Shall <laughs> well, so, I do my my top five games of the year, and then you guys can sort of throw in the hat? Yes, top that fives. sounds good. So, top All right, cool. Okay. Uh, and basically, you'll you'll notice a, a, a theme between my t- my top five list of games of the year and my top ten list of games of the generation. 
There is no there is no order to them. They are the top five, but they are not in any particular order. Okay. Because I find it really hard. Because I'll be like, oh well, that sometimes I prefer to play that game, and sometimes I prefer to play that. It's it's really difficult for me to put one thing ahead of another. Basically, these are the best five games of the year. But that's the thing. Um, before you start quickly, I was talking to my assistant manager at work about this. You know, what was what would you class as a game of the year? And thinking about it, we couldn't actually pick a game. Huh. Because we're like, what was actually released this year? In hindsight, now looking at the list, an awful fucking lot was released this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I played most of them looking at it in some form. So it's like, huh, I could have actually, if I thought about it hard, I could have actually picked one. But yeah, so, so your top five. My, my top five games released this year. I will start with the cheaty one. Is this, is this in no particular order? Again, it's no particular order. They are they are themselves. These these five games are my pick of the year, basically. Um, take them all as being like essentially they're all joint first place. Probably the best way to look at it. So I'll I'll do the first one, the, the cheaty one for the first one. Mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid Legacy Collection. Because <laughs> there's a whole bunch of new content in there, so that technically counts. Uh, for those of you who don't know it, it's all it's it is Metal Gear Solid. It's Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid Two. Uh, Metal Gear, uh, Metal Gear Solid VR Missions, Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty, oh, sorry, Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater, Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots, and Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. So pretty much all is not gotten there is portable ops. Which you kind of need, because it's set between Snake Eater and yeah. Peace Walker. <laughs> Luckily, I have portable ops. <laughs> so yeah, again, I won't spend too much time on that one because I know what happens when I spend too much time on Metal Gear Solid. Um, and again, that is sort of the cheaty one. So I will move on to, you know, the one game that technically I have played quite a lot of that was released this year, Poker Night 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, sort of following up from, from um, Poker Night, for those of you who haven't played the first game, it is literally, it's a poker game, but the other players are various characters from other sort of forms of media. Uh, so who was it in the first Stop. game? Um, Strong Bad. Tycho. Tycho. And um, Sam. Sam. Sam, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's Max. Yeah, Max in the first oh, sorry, one, Max. Sam in the second. Yeah, yeah. You're right. In Pokemon Night 2, it's Sam, <coughs> Brock Sampson from the Venture Brothers, and Ash, Ash. The, from the Evil Dead, which I thought was a freaking amazing combination. With a guest dealer. Yes, with, um, GLaDOS. Uh, with, with GLaDOS as the dealer, which is like with the best touch I've ever, I, I could have even thought of. Absolutely fantastic idea. And if you just like, if you like playing poker, if you like playing Texas Hold'em, then get this game. It's cheap as chips and it's just really fun. It's got some really, really funny little moments in there, little bits of dialogue. Um, and also has Omaha Hold'em, which I still haven't played, but I really should considering that it has a little thing in it that just says, um, you know, Poker Night 2 includes two versions of poker. Texas Hold'em and Omaha Hold'em, which is not as popular as Texas Hold'em, but we don't know why. Omaha's lovely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, moving on from that one, uh, I then have DMC Devil May Cry. You played that? I played that very, very briefly. I played the demo. Ah. But I saw a lot of it with you playing it. Oh, that is true. Um, it did something different with the series without, like, you know, completely gutting... Um, the feel of the franchise so sort of like it, it didn't completely abandon everything but it still did something that was you know fresh and new with it um it had some very very interesting ideas aesthetically with the with the, the character the level design and so on and so forth um it seemed very very smooth very very fun to play 
Uh, and just generally seemed like a big improvement on the on the rest of the Devil May Cry franchise, which I will point out, I fucking love. So to make that better, it's clearly done something really, really right. Cool. All right, I'll be right back. Sure, sure. So Simon, you'll you'll have to sort of jump in with these ones. Well, I'm I'm interested out of out of your list. You can't put them in order. Yeah. Can you pick one that stands above the others? Is there a winner from your shortlist? Um, is there a winner from my shortlist? Okay, yeah, there is a winner from my shortlist, and it's probably going to be the same. It is, in fact, I believe. Yep, it is, in fact, the exact same winner as the top game of the year in Michael's list. Okay, I'm back. Welcome back. So, okay, fair enough. The the sort of runner-up to the to the sort of tip top of the iceberg, then. Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag. I've heard nothing but good things about. Yeah, uh, Four. I played it very, very briefly. It's got some amazing bugs in it, apparently. Yeah, probably. I'm, I'm sure there are actually, but it is absolutely phenomenal. Like in, from what I've played of it so far, um, <laughs> it is just blindingly good. I, I admittedly, I have a huge bias because I fucking love pirates. You know, it, and. To be on the deck of a ship and having them like all your crew there singing their sea shanties as you're firing off pistols into pirate hunters' <laughs> or swinging through the rigging and landing on an enemy's mast and like dropping <clears throat> and hidden blading someone in the head—it's absolutely astounding. <laughs> um, it's it's oh it's so good. If you like, if you even vaguely like pirates as a thing, get that goddamn game. Um. I, I keep hearing people sort of groaning a little bit about the, the, the sort of the future parts of the game, like, the, you know, the, the Abstergo equivalent. Um, but that's always been my gripe with the Assassin's Creed series. Is I just want to get back to the sort of running around the, the historical settings. Whereas I'm sort of the opposite. I want them to just pull the trigger on doing a free running game set in the future. Yeah, that would be absolutely brilliant. But the problem with it is that it's not there yet. It's all sort of... Uh, setting the way it's all telling the story of in the future which is interesting but i find it i, I just much prefer actually running around in the, in the past and you know knifing people <laughs> but, you know i'm a terrible sociopath so you know what are you gonna do avoid you apparently well yeah um and then there is okay fair enough my absolute tip top the the, the of all of my joint number ones for game of the year one of them is slightly more number one than all the other number ones. Right. Okay. Can you guess what it is? Blood Dragon. Yes. <laughs> it's on my list. Yeah. My top game of the year, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. <laughs> yep. It's on, it's on my, my list, list as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure everyone knows about it, but for those who haven't, it is an absolutely blindingly great satire of 80s video games and 80s movies that sort of, you know, sort of sci-fi action movies in the 80s. Um, you are a, a cyborg commando called Sergeant Rex Power Cult. Who <laughs> <laughs> um, has to, you know, get the girl, kill the bad guys and save the world. Um, by fighting a cyborg army on an island populated by giant laser-breathing dinosaurs. Um, what more do you need to know? Absolutely. At first I thought, well, that's a really cool idea. I want to see how it, how it sort of holds up. And then I just saw the reloading animation for the shotgun. 
where he sort of just cracks open the shotgun and flicks the shells up into the air. Yeah. With a little flick of his thumb and catches them in there and then twirls it round. There's a separate button to give people the middle finger with your giant robot hand. <laughs> you can distract guards by throwing a D20. Everything is neon pink. It is so 80s and so wonderful. And the soundtrack and the cutscenes are all done in like Mega Drive style um, pixel art. It's, it's just the loading screen of the tracking. Yeah, it is. Oh, it is so well done. It's such a loving send up to all those sorts of games. Like, and not in the same, not in the style of like, you know, cynically satirizing them. It's like, clearly these guys love, you know, Commando and all the other great 80s action films. And they love all their old 80s action games. Uh, wow, what's, the, what's the big one that's um, jumps at me? The name is eluding me. Um, Contra. Mm. Um, and that sort of thing. So yeah, that, that is probably, I will, I will put my hands up and say, I, all right, if I have to pick a number one spot for the game of the year for this game, for this year, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, it did everything I needed it to. Fair enough. So yeah, there we go. That's me done <laughs> for this year, <laughs> but not for this generation. Irish, do you have a few to pitch us yet? I have a few to pitch. Uh, I've got honourable mentions as well. So far, I've actually got more honourable mentions than I have (laughs) normal list. Always the way. Yeah, I I haven't bothered with honourable mentions or I would just be here forever. I've I've already got a top ten as it is. (laughs) That's true. If I was to make a top ten, most of these honourable mentions would be in that. but (laughs) Um, but And a bottom four. A bottom four? Yeah. Uh, the worst of the year. Ah, I see. Oh, that's always fun. We'll come to that. I have a bottom one. Um, so yeah, I've got Blood Dragon on my list because I got Far Cry 3 this year. Played through that. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. And then as soon as I finished it, the um, Blood Dragon came out. And I was like, oh, is this... So when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, is it going to be an you know, expansion? I was like, oh no, it's a standalone game, okay, in the engine. Got it, booted it up, and that's all it took for me to love that game. I was like, oh my god, this is just amazing. I haven't even got to the gameplay yet. Just, just the opening alone was enough to make me go, yes, a thousand times yes. But yeah. Um, other than that, I've got Tomb Raider, because... As in the Tomb Raider, uh, the Tomb Raider episode, the last one I really played was Angel of Darkness, and we all know how well that game was. <laughs> that was an amazing game, and I mean so. that sincerely. It amazed me. It wasn't <laughs> good, but I was amazed. <laughs> so um, I was a bit dubious to try new the new. Um, Raider. but then Alex lent it to me and you know I fell in love with the game it's just fantastic and I know people you know everyone's got their own choices and all all that jazz but uh, if you've not played it you've, you should I recommend really recommend you should do it's just tons of fun and a bit not even a little bit dark really fucking dark <laughs> <laughs> you know like wow it's pretty grim Mm. Well, speaking of dark, can anyone else hear whispering on the line? Yes. Yeah, I'm afraid that's probably Jen, because she's uh, in the room 
wrapping some Christmas presents, but uh, she's got her headphones on so loud that we can hear her. Oh, wow. Okay. That's pretty yeah, loud. Just, she might want to turn her I, headphones down. I swear, it, I swear it literally just sounded like there was someone whispering like on the line. Like, you know, when you go into obfuscate mode on Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, <laughs> and you just hear people just going, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is that? Well, what's it called? Electronic voice phenomenon. Yeah. How about that? Is that any better? Ghosting our piano. She apologizes. Oh, that's me. okay. No, no, you don't need to apologize. It's not like you were doing it on purpose. Just like, I was getting really scared. Unless you were doing it on purpose, in which case, mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Tomb Raider, um, Bioshock Infinite is on my list for my top five of the year. I did nearly pick that up in the, in the, um, the video game award sale. You should have. I should have done. I should have done. I don't know if my laptop could run it, though. True. I thought it wasn't worth the gamble. I mean, it was literally, I think it was eight quid in the sale, but I thought eight quid for a game I don't know if I can run or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Vice Royal Infinite, loved that game. Thought it was, yeah, it was a lot, after all the hype, I was, again, dubious because I'm a massive Bioshock fan. And I really liked, and I liked two as well, which is a bit chalk and cheese for some people. Yeah, two it was, to put it bluntly, less well received. <laughs> but um, I liked two, so you know, after waiting so long for Infinite, I I went in cautiously, and I wasn't disappointed. You know, I I really enjoyed it. I've yet to play the DLC for um, Buried at Sea though. Yeah, I'm holding off on it until both parts are out because I want to back to back it. I've heard mixed reviews about it, but uh, you know, after wait and see, really. Um, see, other than that, uh, I've got Pokemon because you know, Pokemon Someone man. Had to. <laughs> I am the Pokemon man of the group, so you do want to be a Pokemon master. I do. I really do. And I am the only one that owns a 3DS, so... That is true. I've I've contemplated it repeatedly and then gone, but to play what? Mm, technically, Jenna's growing a Pokemon. You. <laughs> Eevee. Ooh, wow. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, you know, this... As of all new editions of the franchise, you know... Bigger, better, but it's just the it's just the little tweaks that they've made this time round to the global trade system and just the, the the Wi-Fi battle system. It's just it's um, and the ability to for, for competitive battlers, they've added in the you know the ability to be able to see and get a hold of your the ingrained stats and stuff a lot easier, and that they've just kind of made it easier for people who've never done it before but wants to give it a go. So that was like quite good. Um, and one of the most glorious things they've added into this into this game is just something called Wonder Trade. <coughs> Sorry. Which um for people who don't know, Wonder Trading is a simple uh simple simple and more simple than a regular trade in the game. Because how it works is you activate it and you pick any Pokemon, be it on your team or in your 
uh, your PC or whatever in storage and you trade it and you don't know what you're going to get in return it's completely a lucky dip situation so it's a really good way to get rid of all those magic up well that's the whole thing it's really good for people who um so there's loads of things that have popped out around during the holiday seasons like at Halloween um there was one group which was like send out all haunters um so that people will get Gengars when they receive them so they because they evolve which have really good stats and all that kind of stuff that's a really cool idea send out because they really uh, in this generation they added in uh, a ghost grass type which is like a tree and this weird pumpkin Pokemon so like oh Halloween that'll do send those out Uh, Christmas this year someone's thought the idea of um, for all the kids that will be getting it at Christmas sort of thing and you know they're the, the early new guys to the, to the, the thing sending out deli birds with gifts like master balls or rare candies or you know, any kind of item that helps you in the game sort of thing or you could receive a magic carp in a master ball named <laughs> regret yeah that's one, one of the greatest thing about it is that you can literally um you can literally just get things like that like I saw one which was uh, a butterfree which was um, meant to be styled after the one that Ash let go from the series. And I've seen lots of um, one guy who did send out, you know, a hundred Magikarps. <laughs> the like, the yeah. Magikarp named Regret comes from a Tumblr thing I saw. Yeah. Which was someone saying, if this gets <laughs> however many notes, I will capture a Magikarp in a Master Ball. Yeah, name it regret. And name it uh, Well, one of the following tweet uh, tumbles was from someone completely different, just saying, wait a minute, and then posted that he'd received a Magikarp named Regret in a month. <laughs> awesome. But, um, I know exactly what I'm going to do now. I'm going to get me a 3DS. <laughs> Generally, what a lot of it happens is um, you'll receive, like, level one Pokemon of varying types and site designs and whatnot that are the residual leftovers from competitive trainers trying to breed the, the perfect battle Pokemon. So you and get their, their runts. Yeah, but the thing is that their, their runts will still be pretty powerful by themselves, but they're not good enough for competitive battling. So I received one when I first started playing, and I was like, I didn't really pay attention to it that much, but I looked at it later on and went, Actually, this was pretty good. And he, the guy didn't want it. Fair enough. I don't care. He won the trade with it. But won, won the trade. They've, um, you know the concept of a Nuzlocke? No. You do know Jack, don't you? Jack? What's that? Sorry. I knew exactly. I knew exactly. <laughs> Not once you asked my thing in the last five minutes. I figure as soon as I go and get a drink, they'll, they'll need me. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, just saying, what? Just saying, um, you know, the, you know what a nuzlocke is, don't you? I know what a nuzlocke is. Yes. Uh, for those who don't know, basically, it's a new. Is well, not new. It's a different way to play the game. Right. It's more of a challenge mode, where it's stuff like um, if your Pokemon faints, they are removed from your team. You either put them in the PC and don't touch them again, or you release them into the wild. They are effectively dead. Or. <laughs> Or, yeah. uh, and there's stuff like you can only catch the first Pokemon you ever meet on a route. 
So if you don't catch it, you knock it out, that's it. You can't catch anything else on that route. It's basically artificially making the game more difficult for people that have played Pokemon to death and sort of mm. uh, need a bit more of a challenge. Also, can I just point out, yeah. there's a thing in the chat room right now of breeding Larvitas to try and get a shiny and wonder trading all the failed experiments. Is that not giving anyone else a real sort of flashback to Alien Resurrection? <laughs> to all the Ripley clones in the jars. Because <laughs> that's totally what I'm getting from this, is just this idea of someone like breeding a Pokemon endlessly and just like inbreeding it, all these horrible mutations, trying to get that one weird shiny mutant. And all the other ones they're not getting, just sending them out into the world in jars. Nice. That's horrifying. That's our listeners. <clears throat> yep. But um the latest thing that's come out of this generation are Wonder Locks. Which are basically get a team of you know, catch a team of six, then wonder trade them all away, and then you play the rest of the game with the Pokemon you receive from your Wonder Trade. <laughs> and they will be they will generally be Pokemon from all over the world, because it is completely random. And like, you could so up- Nuzlocke is it's not a game mode it's a set of user enforced oh. rules yeah it's, yeah. it's a user rule and then okay. there's like there's all you know, the original concept was uh, you know Pokemon faints it's that's it it's done you can only catch the first Pokemon on each route um, if you white out it's game over especially if, you're, if all your team are defeated that's it game over and then there are all additional rules added in and stuff like uh, like you can't use Pokemon centers, you can only use potions. Or, yeah. you can't use potions, you can only use Pokemon centers. Yeah, you know, it was just um, additional challenges by the users. Stuff like um, setting... I saw a really good one once, which was they could only attack with normal type attacks. Ah, so you're That's... fucked if you go up against a ghost. Yeah, but unless but you have to really think about your te- about your strategy because you yeah. get attacks that let you hit ghost type Pokemon mm. with normal type attacks and stuff like that. And it was like, huh, these can be you know if you really think about it, you can make yourself a really good challenge. I mean, I've, and there's loads of ones which are just like the solo runs, like the guy who did the game with just a ditto. <laughs> you know, yeah. guys, who've, guys who've done the li- uh, completed the game with. Um, a team of nothing but magic up. Yeah, I have seen that. The sort of like, you well done, you beat the Elite Four, and it's just here is your your squad enshrined for all eternity, and it's six goddamn magic <laughs> So yeah, that, you know, it adds that little bit of extra challenge. But um, so yeah, Pokemon. <laughs> Why do I get the feeling that's going to be your winner? No, um, <laughs> it's 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 my number two. Ah. <laughs> Funnily enough, I think of it as a bit number two as well. Same here. <laughs> Hilarious. Do you know why? Do you know what? Never mind, I'm not going to get into a conversation about generations here. We know you only play red and blue. No, I don't. I only play gold and silver, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm a gentleman. Don't start this shit again. <laughs> <laughs> because that way I get, to, I get to hang around with my best buddy, Joey. <laughs> My Redditor is in the top percent of Redditor. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, um... Oh God. I don't know. If I was to pick one game out of the, the, the whole list of the year... Um... Oh, that's more of an honorable mention, Jim. 
bird. You know what? I'm going to go back to some, what I actually said earlier. I'm going to say the cave. I really fucking loved the cave. Huh. Good, cool. It's on my to playlist. I haven't actually played it yet. You know, I've, uh, it's I, one I definitely want to visit. I went through, you know, I played it through and, you know, I played it through once and I went, I like that so much. Let's go again. And, you know, I've, I, being I'm the guy with the biggest gamer score on the thing, I finished that fairly quickly in the end because it was like, because you have to play it through at least seven or eight times to get all the character ending mm. stuff. So it's just, so there is a, a bit of replay into it, but I've played it even though, I keep playing it even though I've finished it, long time finished it. It's just a really good game. And the comedy in it is just, just glorious. So, yeah. Yes, I've heard a lot of good things about it. It is definitely on my list of, uh, if it turns up in the Christmas sale, it's an instant yeah. purchase. You know, and, now with the, and now with a fellow host putting it as his number one game of the year, you know, it, it's another it's another great game by Double Fine. You know, yeah. Tim Schafer humor is it, it's rarely misses. Yeah, it's like I've I got a Iron Brigade on Games for Gold on Xbox, and I didn't realize that was a Double Fine game until I started to boot it up. I went, wait, 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 I get to I get to pilot a you know bipedal mech called a trench and fight robot. TV monster alien things. Fuck yeah, this is great. <laughs> but honorable mentions, I've got are stuff like, you know, um, Saints Row 4, uh, GTA 5, Guacamelee. If you've not played that, Jack, that is one for you to play. I have seen it being played <laughs> myself, though. That is full of internet references. That's That game is awesome. <laughs> um, Animal Crossing and New Leaf, that's, you know, that's a great game. Not again. It's not my top five for the year, but that that is a really good game. Um, Rogue Legacy on Steam. That is a fucking awesome game if you like your uh, Metroidvania style games. Um, for the 3DS crowd, got the Project Cross Zone. You know, Namco, Capcom, what's it? RPG tactics type thing. Loads of fun. And a dive kick. Dive kicker. Dive kicker. Do you know that was actually the only beat em up that was on? It was the only beat em up available on Steam that was up for a video game of the year award. <laughs> I can believe that. So when it went out for it, they put it on the sale thing and put it for 80% off. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, uh, top five Biotric Infinite, Pokemon, Pokemon uh, Tomb Raider, Blood Dragon, and The Cave. Cool. Simon? My top five and the other five that were nearly the top five <laughs> making the top ten. <laughs> awkward fuck. <laughs> oh, just to run through a few of them very quickly, Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon, Tomb Raider, and Bioshock Infinite all make the list. Yeah, boy! <laughs> uh, a few that are sort of obvious and probably need very little talking about. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saints Row 4. Mm-hmm. Cool. XCOM, Enemy Unknown. I did play that this year. Liked it. Mm, not, not enough, though. They're, they're games, I think, that need no introduction. Mm. 
in addition, though, we have Payday 2. Not played Payday 2. I have played probably more of that than any other game this year, I think. <laughs> um, with the possible exception of Rocksmith 2014, which is coming up on my list as well. Uh, excellent. Uh, Payday 2 is a four-player co-op bank heist simulator. Uh, well, I say bank heist. You can also <laughs> rob casinos, armored cars, um, art galleries. It's it's basically cinematic crime sim- uh, simulator. You are four gentlemen in suits with masks, um, and you do crime at people. And you can either try and play it really super stealthy, or you can just get tough and go loud. Yeah. It's class-based, so you can sort of customize how you play. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And really interesting, because it's a tiny dev team. It's pretty much an indie game. And it just exploded in popularity after the original Payday. And Payday 2 was just a phenomenal success. They went profitable on the whole development before the game was released, just on pre-orders. Which is fairly impressive. Uh, Rocksmith 2014. It is a game, sort of. It's like Rock Band, but with a real guitar. Uh-huh. So you plug your actual guitar into it with the uh, specially purchased cable, and you know the the notes scrolling down the screen at you, rather than representing arbitrary buttons that you press, represent actual fret positions on actual strings. Huh. And as you level up, it just introduces more and more of the notes until you are playing the whole goddamn song. <laughs> It's also filled with lessons and little games to help you just learn guitar. It teaches you good techniques and uh, gets you really familiar with the instrument. It's, and that's why it's on the list, is because it is a game, but it'll teach you an actual real-world skill. For, it's for all those people who went, oh, rock band's fun, but the amount of time I've put into it, I could have just learned to play the guitar. This is your game. Uh, Gunpoint, which is another indie game. I wanted to pick that up, but I never did in the end. It's it's broken. I'm going to say this right off the top. It's one of my top ten games of the year, and it's got bugs in it that are utterly broken. But it is just <laughs> so much fun. If you can pick it up cheap, and I will say it's one to pick up cheap, it's just very simple, um, puzzly, stealthy, um, side-scrolly fun. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and the last one, Hate Plus, huh. which is the sequel to Analogue Hate Story. <clears throat> I was always saying about this, saying about this the other day. Wait a minute, a dating game is your top game? No, <laughs> because it's not a dating game. Okay. It is a visual novel, and it is presented in a similar concept to a dating game, but it's it's really not... I actually am not far into Hate Plus. I'm kind of shoehorning it in a little bit. But I, I recently finished Analog A Hate Story, which was actually 2012. But it's a, the plot is a continuation, a direct continuation. And the plot is that you've actually been sent to a um, ship that has been lost for a long time to work out what happened. And it's presented very much in the format of a visual novel. But it takes a turn towards the end uh, in a big way. Uh, and whilst there is an ending referred to as the harem ending, it's not really a romance game for yeah. anyone apart from one of the characters. But it's uh, it's really interesting. It's um, kind of a little bit Korean history, 
a little bit um, sort of feminist exploration of women's place in society. It's a little bit transhumanist sci-fi. It's not like anything else I've played, so it caught my attention. Huh. Fair enough. And of that list, I'd have to say probably my my choice for game of the year, purely based on hours sunk into it, would probably be pay, uh, Payday 2. Huh. Fair enough. That for works. what it's achieved yeah. from the amount of developers that were involved and their budget, it's a yeah. phenomenon. Yeah, definitely. I, uh-huh. I'll tip my hat to that. <laughs> hmm. And That's then there's cool. my yeah. worst four. It would oh, be worse right, for right. I couldn't think of another one that was uh, bad enough to be That's on this list. I want to see if my I want to see if my bottom one, if my if my worst game of 2013 is on your list, and if not, you cannot make it your honorary like uh, your honorary fifth. That would work. I check my check the list to see what. I can so my know. short list for worst games of 2013. Sim City. Hey! <laughs> because fuck you, EA. That's why. Were you able to play it long enough to form, like, you know, any game-based opinions on it? Not at first. Yep. <laughs> Not for a few months. Fair enough. Oh, God. And it's the fact that their beta sort of just was an outright lie. I think they knew that the simulation falls down after about an hour because the beta was limited to an hour. Yep. And it was so much fun for the first hour, and then the simulation just shits itself. Nice. Uh, remember me. Right, I have played that. It's okay. It was on PlayStation Plus, so I've, I've got that on my PlayStation. I, what did I you think played, of it? Every time I see it turning up, like such and such is uh, on Steam is playing. Remember me? I just crack up because I keep remembering Bender from. Steam. Yeah, that's all. That's all I ever hear. Remember me? That's literally all I can think of every time I see that. Yep. Yep. Um. I liked it from what the bit, bits I have played, but it's it's not a great game. It's a See, bit. Nah. It's on the list for egregiously wasted potential. Yeah, the character is beautifully designed. You know, here we have it's, a a female it's a, protagonist. It's a beautifully looking game. The, the the set pieces are amazing. Yeah, we have a female protagonist, which is bold. She's not even white which is practically unheard of, you know, yeah. it's beyond good and evil comes to mind. And that's about it as sort of compatriots in that sense. Mm. It's set in a cyberpunk future Paris. Which yes. is, I'm, I'm now actually looking at it. So I, I know nothing about it. And I, oh God, this game look, looks gorgeous. Yeah. It looks amazing. It's so pretty. The it's setting pretty. is beautiful. The, the concepts of the setting are really interesting. There are, you know, these, um, house droids running around and they are a servant class uh so much of what i love about sort of transhumanist cyberpunk sci-fi is in here hmm. the the very conceit of it is that you are a a um, manipulator of memory you're sneaking up on targets as if you were stealthing up to them to assassinate them but then getting in their heads and changing the way they remember events to change their motivations to try and warp their future behavior. I mean, the first time you do that is just like, wow. Yeah, in, in a moment as you're about to die to save your own life. No, that's not the first one, is it? No, no. Uh, well, <laughs> it's with the um, assassin. Oops, sorry, Doc. Oh, no, that is the one then. Yeah, as, yeah. as she's about to kill you, you get in her head and change her memory of why she's, why she's there. Yeah, why she's doing that, yeah. And 
you, you sort of interrupt her and just quickly change her memory. So her fist that is coming down to kill you turns into a hand to pull you up because she thinks you're a friend. So the concept is brilliant, is brilliant. But the gameplay is 90% um, moving in very predictable sort of free-running, in inverted commas, paths yeah. from arena to arena to have wave-based punch-em-up fights. And that's yeah. so badly done that it makes me, as much as everything else about the game is so me, makes me just stop. Even the combat system is not... Ma- is not- um, streamlined. No, it was you know? really, really wooden. If it was yeah. an Arkham Asylum style, really flowing combat system, I might have been all about this game. But yeah. you know, with the the, the power up system and then building your own combos and stuff, yeah, it didn't it's like work that well. it didn't it didn't it didn't gel very well. No, which is a shame because so that one was damn, a, that game pretty. It was kind of a near miss from the best games and ended up in the worst. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of that, Alien versus Predator Colonial Marines. Or Alien <laughs> Colonial Marines. Uh, which is so bad. Oh god, it turned up on Steam for like three quid and I thought I'll buy that because that'll be worth it for a laugh. Was it not worth <laughs> three quid? It made me sad. Did it retroactively kill your love of aliens? Not quite, no. Oh. But the thing is, oh it's so close. <laughs> uh, up to a point, it starts really strong. Now, again, what I, what I keep hearing about it is it starts strong and then it keeps going. And it you're like, starts oh. really strong. I mean, you are on a sister ship of the Sulaco, so it's all familiar. It's the sets of aliens redone in a computer game engine. You are colonial marines being woken up out of stasis. You have your own squad sergeant who is not a poem, but is equally badass in a different way. <laughs> um, you know, you, you go through the loading docks where, um, uh, loaders are loading dropships and APCs are driving on board and it's all iconic and it's all aliens and your squad is sort of loosely assembled on deck for the briefing and it feels like the briefing at the start of aliens and you see the uh, that Hicks's video uh, sent from the Sulaco sets up the mystery of the Sulaco reappearing and why is it here you dock with it and you're heading over the umbilical to the Sulaco when it gets hit and breaks apart and then you have to sort of make your way through the damaged umbilical to the other end, moving around it because there's no gravity, so you're on the roof on the sides of the wall trying to find a safe path to the other side where you uh, meet up with some of the vanguard who have been over there a little while investigating the ship. And you're moving through the ship and your motion tracker's going off and the tension is ratcheting up. It's really atmospheric. And you start to come across parts of the ship that are looking vaguely organic as the aliens have sort of started building a hive, taking over. And sure enough, you find the bodies of the crew kind of pasted into the wall as in a way that you'll be familiar with if you've seen aliens. And then you find living ones. You cut them down and an alien attacks. And there's a sort of set of quick time kind of animated attacks as this thing leaps at you and you fight it off and... You scramble to your feet, and then it's back into the gunplay part of the game. And the alien is now relying on its AI rather than a script. And it sits on its ass facing the other way. And I just stood there, and it wasn't moving. And I didn't move, and it didn't move, and we sat there in a sort of peaceful moment contemplating the nature of video games. (laughs) Uh, and then I shot it, it turned around and ran at me in a straight line, uh, making it really easy to kill. 
I thought, oh, that was lackluster. And that was the turning point. That was the moment where the game went from being really, really good to just shit. Yeah. Once the combat started. And I just sat going, yeah, this was so close. If the, if the AI was any good, any good at all, this game would have been a masterpiece. But no, you just, you fucked it up. You, you ratcheted it up and then just pulled the floor out from underneath us. Yeah. And considering how long we waited for that game. I know. It's just, uh, it's, it, it wounds me. It wounds me. They aired the trailer for that in the cinema when we went to go and see, I think it might have even been Tron Legacy. The trailer that was based on something that was not this game. Yeah. Quite literally, the trailer came from a project that was abandoned that had the same name. Yeah. So, yeah, very, very disappointing. Yeah. And my fourth nominee for worst game of the year okay. is Deadpool. Oh, okay. Really? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I hated this game. Huh. For a very similar reason. Um, there is a point in Deadpool where you've been crawling around in sewers for about three hours. And Deadpool starts making jokes about what shitty game design this is. And I have to say, just because you know it's shitty game design and have drawn my attention to it being shitty game design doesn't magically make it good game design. (laughs) What it means is you knew it was shitty and didn't try and fix it. Uh. Or you made it shitty to make that joke at me. Either way, you knew what you were doing. You chose to make me play a shitty game, and I will never forgive you for that. Oh, man. And and that was the point where I've not gone back to it since, because I was starting to think, this bit's really shit, and then they made the, isn't this game shit? And I was like, yes, yes it is, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so it might improve, but I have no way of knowing. Never give him that opening, ladies and gentlemen. Fair enough, that's a fairly strong list. It's something similar to what I'd say about Far Cry 3. Not Blood Dragon, but the first Far Cry 3. Yeah. If your joke is indistinguishable from actually being shit, you're shit. Yeah. So did I encompass yours, Jack? You didn't, which leads me to believe you haven't played my number one worst game of the year. (laughs) It's quite possible. Go on then. Ride to Hell Retribution. You know what? You're oh right. I've God. not played this game. <laughs> no. Have you not? I've, not? I've not played this game. I've watched some amazing videos on them, but I've, I have not played this game, no. Yeah. Right okay. to Someone Hell Retribution. turned up in chat room who may have issues with me calling Deadpool one of the worst games of the year. Oh, you had to say it again, <laughs> But yeah, Right to Hell fucking Retribution. I cannot... I, I don't even know where to begin talking about how absolutely awful that game was. Uh, from from a terrible game mechanics in the sense of it, it's all you do in that game for the right the, the driving section. To, to explain the plot, you are a motorcycle gang member who returns home from Vietnam, and then his brother is killed, and then you've right. got to go out and find revenge. Whilst also finding out why some guy doesn't like your dad, who I believe is also dead. It's a bit strange. Right. Um, but yes, along the way, you have motorcycle riding segments where. Um, you ride a motorcycle? You do ride a motorcycle, or rather, you sort of. You, you can only go forwards and turn left or right. You can't turn around. 
Um, and you can't turn too far to the left, otherwise you'll crash it. If you if you nudge things slightly, the game um, stops and teleports you back to a to a safe distance, so you can try again. Um, and if you knock into too many things, uh, it'll teleport you back, and then you will autopilot into a wall and explode, and it will say game over. <laughs> um, then there's the sort of sections where you're actually rounding them out and fighting people in sort of, you know, uh, I, I don't want to sully the name, but a little bit like Assassin's Creed in the whole sort of you hold down the, the counter button and wait for someone to come near you kind mm-hmm. of combat, um, which is just, it, oh, they do it awfully um, to the point where you're sort of teleporting around the, 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 the game. You're like, you just slide across the ground without moving your legs. Um, it. Uh, oh, uh, the the sound in it keeps cutting out and and being replaced with sound, something that sounds like someone crunching cereal um, when it isn't just awful awful voice actors. Um, and of course, like probably the absolute worst part of that game is occasionally you will come across guys being shit to women in that game, and so your character goes over to these guys and you fight them. Well, that's and unreasonable. As a reward, you then have sex with that woman. That's less reasonable. Yeah. Right. Uh, do you know Horrifying, what? dead-eyed, giant chin character modeled, clothes on sex with that character. Those were our five nominees, and I think I've chosen a worst game of the year. Yeah? Yeah. Which one? That one. Right to Hell Retribution. Yeah. The, the thing is, it uh, again, going back to, to Nerdcube again, who's put um, Tomb Raider on his list, um, said that the, the best way to describe that game, because it, it felt to him like an alpha game, mm. but like an unfinished alpha. It's to the point where it didn't feel unfinished. It felt like they hadn't, they barely started. And it's released at full price. I think it's still full price. Um, I will check now, because it is available on Steam. Steam, Steam, Steam. Right to Hell Retribution is £20 on Steam. It has a Metascore rating of 16. Wow. And it is quite potentially the worst game ever made, and certainly the worst game I have seen this year. That's, uh... Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, hmm. there, there, there's that. Um, I, I would say give it a go just to see how bad it is. Like, it's, it's got to be seen to be believed. You've got to play it to believe it. But don't pay 20 quid for it. <laughs> uh, guys, I, I very rarely say this, but for the if you need to see this game to see how bad it is, and I'm not, it's not one of the things like, oh, just avoid it. Like, seriously, you probably need to play this just to know how bad things can get. Pirate this shit. Don't give these people money. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm, I'm advocating that. Yeah. Because that way, you know, that you, sounds just. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was I was okay with it. It, I, it sounded like it was just one of those games that didn't really achieve its potential because maybe the team reached too far or it was a sort of first try, and then we hit the you know the in, it, reinforcement of the expectation of sex as gratitude. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's that's misogynistic bullcrap. Yeah. So yeah, don't give these guys money. It is just, just, just awful. That that may in fact be the the literal antithesis of Analog a Hate Story and Hate Plus, huh. which is 
beautifully well-developed within its means um, pro-feminist storytelling gameplay. With no action. Although that's not strictly true. <laughs> there's, there's no action, but there is tension. Uh, and there is, in fact, at one point, time-critical tension. But I won't go any further than that in case you want to play it. Fair enough. Although there is also time-critical non-tension, like when you have to bake a cake to please the game. <laughs> and you're just like, yep, I totally made that cake for you. And they're like, you're lying, aren't you? It actually managed to guilt trip Zoe into making the cake. <laughs> she even went out to the store to buy chocolate chips. Oh. Oh. Wow. It's a really interesting game. That's, yeah. So yeah, two, the two games are interesting in, in very, very different ways. Um, would you like to hear Michael's games of the year? Yeah, go on then. Oh, oh. Yes. Before, before that, can I, yep. do, I don't really have worse games. I've got a couple of bad games for this year. Okay. Uh, one of those is the Castlevania Laws of Shadow Mirror of Fate on the 3DS. Because, as you may know, I'm a Castlevania fan. and this, We do know that, yes. It's come up. And yeah, and as I've said in the past, this was just disappointing. After waiting for you know the next gen for a 2D, for the classic style 2D side-scroll type ones, it was just disappointing. I know it's had a, uh, last month it had the, um, well two months ago it had the HD edition release on Xbox Live and whatnot. So it's a bit, apparently the HD version's a slightly bit better sort of thing, but, you know, I was just a bit, I was just disappointed with that one. And the other one was, uh, for bad games was, uh, the new painkiller. Yeah, it's got a very nice box. <laughs> yeah, the artwork's great. I only played the demo, and all I can say of it is, it's it almost falls into like the um, the Duke Nukem Forever type thing of it hasn't gone anywhere. Wow, you know it's it, it's tried to you know jump back in to to the current era, and it's not really done anything to make it any better. Yeah, and I was able to play the demo, and I just went. Nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, thanks, Bomb. I, I didn't even finish playing the demo. I was just like, uh, no. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> oh, yeah. Painkiller, Hell, and Damnation. That's what that That's was. Yeah. yeah. So Mike's list. Mike's list is... I, actually, you know what? I bet we can, we can guess what's on there, considering I've already told you that Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon was his number one as well. Well, I'm going to guess that Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon was on there. Yep, as number one. Uh, Total Simulators came out this year. Can you guess what number two and number three were? Was there a Total War this year? There is a to There was a Total War this year. Uh, then whatever that was. Was it Rome? There was Rome. Rome 2 is number two. Uh, is Napoleon number three? Napoleon wasn't released this year. Uh, it was, according to Wikipedia. Uh, it was on what release? Oh, that's the Mac release, never mind. Yeah. Come on, uh, Mike, Mike, Mike may be a tool, but he's not that kind of tool. He doesn't use a Mac. Was there a Halo game this year? Uh, no. Not Halo 4. Yes. Halo 4. Yes, actually, yeah, there were. Uh, there was a couple, but not a proper Halo, I believe. No, wait, I think Halo 4 was this year. 
Is it not? Not it's according to Wikipedia. Oh, okay, fair enough. Come, it's it's not on the list. It's not on the list. Anyway. <laughs> number three is, well, originally on number three was Company of Heroes 2, but that has been crossed out. Okay. okay. So I'm assuming that's his number four or 3.5 or whatever. Mm. His number three is GTA 5. That makes sense. Oh, of course it is. So yeah, that, that, that's Michael's uh, top three. <laughs> I got Jenna's Game of the Year and our worst gaming. Is that Game year. of the Year GTA 5? No. Um, it's actually Minecraft for the Xbox. I know it wasn't out this year, but it helped uh, relax during the awful start of pregnancy. Yeah. What with all the the vomiting and whatnot. Basically, yeah. basically she could build giant monuments to how much she hated you. Yeah. <laughs> and her worst gaming thing for the year was uh, finding out that our... Uh, confirming, rather, that our living room was not big enough for the Kinect that she wanted. <laughs> no one's living room is big enough for the Kinect. In our new, ha- our, new ha- our new house has a big enough living room to use the Kinect. No, you, you just think that. But once you're in there and you've moved furniture into it, you'll yeah, find it's just about half a foot too short. Does your living, new living room have a big enough connect, a big enough room to, to house a, uh, a Xbox One Connect? Yes, because those are actually really, really uh, um, close range. They work a lot better. Oh, okay, fair enough. It would but you do have to buy an Xbox One. Yeah, uh, and ill-advisable. Well, there's My... nothing on them yet. Yeah, my assistant manager did get um, a PS4 on day of release. Please with it? Yeah, actually, he's originally pushed a bit. We're going to be setting up a um, a play date, <laughs> <laughs> so I can go and have a go. I have a go of the Xbox One in game actually, and um, it's pretty. I'll give it that. Yeah, I had but... a go on both of them at Eurogamer. I wasn't that impressed. Mm. You know, like, like like we said way back when when we when they first got finally announced all that sort of thing um by the end of the generation you know i'll have them all yeah but at so, the start probably not no nah, you know I'm, because at the nothing, moment there is nothing on them that i want no so. and it's it's amusing me that one of the big announcements at the vgx show was tomb raider remastered hd next gen edition and i was like oh they've, oh. they've enabled all the graphics options from the pc version oh oh as we just mentioned it, can we talk about the VGX? Because, oh my God. Can we not? That was awful. <laughs> that show exactly. was so bad. It was, it was just horrid. But what were you thinking? I don't think I know. What, you, what is this we're talking about? The VGX Awards. It's the, the new VGA Awards, which they took the piss out of in the VGX Awards. What the fuck does the X stand for? Um, you know, and this is usually the, the awards ceremony where we get, like, you know, all the the next year trailers. Yeah. Yeah. And then teasers for and we check out coming got out next year. Season four, we got destiny. Um, what we, we got, got a steep sale out of it. Well, it, what, what, what it was, was the VGX telltale games. Award. <laughs> That's true. And, and in fairness, both of those games look really good. Yeah. The Borderlands one looks interesting. And also, Broken Age looks amazing. It's almost like Telltale Games make fucking awesome games. Yeah. Who the fuck it? Broken Age is the next Double Fine. It's a, a, a point-and-click addiction. Uh, double-click adventure. <laughs> double-click addiction. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a Freudian slit there, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a point-and-click adventure. Um, 
The artwork looks like something out of where the wild things are. Oh, the concept is stunning. It's a parallel story between a 14 year old girl and a 14 year old boy. The girl lives in a tribal society who have a tradition of sacrificing a child a year to the monster to keep them all safe. And she's been chosen for this honor. So it's the whole live in luxury for a year and then be cast into the pit thing. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm getting really heavy Ico vibes from this. Uh, no, 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 no. It's, it's, that will veer away as I tell you more. Okay. <laughs> uh, and she has decided, fuck this shit, I don't want to die, but no one's going to stop me from doing anything I want in this year of my life, so I'm going to train to fight the fucking thing. Um, meanwhile, there's the boy living on the spaceship, which is a nursery ship that has raised him all his life and is all he knows. Um, and it has entertained him, fed him, looked after him, raised him. And he started working out that it's lying to him. So he's like, no, I want to know the truth. I'm going to fight you. So these are the sort of parallel stories as they try and fight the circumstances they've been thrust into from the position of being a powerless 14-year-old. Uh, and the cast is really interesting. You've got some voice acting mainstays like Jennifer Hale, Grey Delisle, Ricky Horvitz, uh, being joined by uh, Jack Black, who, of course, has worked with Double Fine before, um, <laughs> Elijah Wood. Will Wheaton. Will uh, Wheaton? Pendleton Ward. Huh. Uh, and it just, it looks beautiful. The voice acting sounds amazing. The concept's amazing. Uh, this is Broken Age, formerly known as Double Fine Adventure, the game that got overfunded on Kickstarter by a few million dollars. <laughs> uh, and all that money clearly went on voice acting. <laughs> Elijah Wood. Yeah, I need uh, so, to keep my life. Yeah. The other one that they showed um, at VGX that looked just mind-blowingly where the hell did that come from was No Man's Sky. Yeah, there's loads about that. Yeah, procedurally generated um, game. You start in a, a on the surface of a world on the fringe of the galaxy and you look up into the stars and every single point of light is a star system you can visit. Um, and they're different. They're, they're procedurally generated. Uh, the idea is you, um, it's so big and your starting point is random. So no one's really going to have the same experience, but you can post the coordinates of a world you discover online and everyone's playing in the same universe. So if they go to those coordinates, they'll find the thing you said was there. But bear in mind, you're playing in the same universe. You won't meet each other in game, but if you find a planet that has a resource in it, and you tell everyone it's there. Don't expect them not to come and strip mine it, and then there's nothing <laughs> left for you. Yeah. If you wipe out a species of animal on a planet, if you make it go extinct, it goes extinct for everyone. It sounds really interesting. Huh. Unfortunately, the show was hosted by Joel McHale, who was in character, I hope, as a dick. Ah. Uh. And I, the thing is, I've heard him in interviews. I've seen him host other things. He seems like a really nice guy, but he was being an asshole. And it just led to this feeling of the whole show being incredibly awkward, incredibly standoffish and quite anti-gamer. Uh, so yeah, it was not a good award show. Interesting. 
I hope right. he was in character. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to disappear off for a couple of minutes. I am suddenly overcome with some horrible, horrible stomach cramps. I will be back shortly. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, we need to wrap up. Do we? we, we yeah, it's the... 10 o'clock. Wow, we haven't even done like Games of the Generation. No, no, I think we might have to save that for another show. All right, cool. <laughs> the year roundup. <laughs> we leave that for next well, this was the year roundup. Ah. So we, <laughs> we need a decade roundup. Yeah, let's leave that cool. for next time, shall we? Yep. So cool. I have been Simon. I have been Jack. And you are in pain. I am. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck just happened. I don't know what happened. Ow. And I, and I have been Irish. Goodbye. Feel better. <laughs> Sorry. Dysentery. He has died of dysentery. <laughs> On the organ trail. <laughs> I feel like a million bucks. So, what, dry and wrinkly? And green. Nice. But you're alive. I'm good, I'm good. That's what matters. <laughs>